Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. Uh, a very good associate, you would be paid a lot more uh, compared to your peers. Uh, they're non-equity partners and counsels, less than they would pay a first-year associate, if you can believe it. A lot of what you're doing is you're front-loading a lot of your compensation at the beginning of your career. A lot of times, the other thing that law firms will do um, with the higher salaries is they'll pay senior associates a lot less money and, than they need to. And a lot of attorneys, you know, are very good. Um, so um, law firms can tell, and, the, and attorneys can tell very quickly um, who's very good and who's not. And in an ideal um, market economy, if you were um, a very good associate, you would be paid a lot more uh, compared to your peers. Um, but again, this doesn't necessarily matters. As a as attorney gets more senior, a lot of times they're only paid a small amount more than junior attorneys um, who really have no idea what they're um, doing and are more likely to leave and get fired um, or not even be practicing law. Uh, law firms generally start making money uh, after on your, on your work and you become very profitable uh, after you've been practicing for around three years. Um, and this is really, in, in my opinion, when the salary should start getting high. So in a normal functioning economy, uh, the people that are going to be very good mid-levels, if you were to get through um, your first couple of years of practice and do well, um, then it would be almost appropriate for your salary to, I, be, I would even say double or something compared to what it was for a junior associate. A junior associates, um, because they're you're learning how to practice, it's more of an apprenticeship. Um, it, it doesn't make sense to pay them this much, that as much as they do. Once you learn what you're doing, um, I, I think the salary should be much higher and uh, and there would be more commitment. Uh, there'd be more on the job learning. Um, the people that were able to do well um, would do much better. Um, but, you know, and this is what happens with doctors, for example. Doctors do residencies and then uh, when they and when they become competent or they do fellowships after after they get that and became doctors, they're, they're paid a lot. Um, so they have a huge salary increase after they've learned what they're doing. Um, you know, it's it's even uh, what happens is kind of funny in smaller cities and a lot less profitable law firms. Uh, what happens is um, the associates are, are there's an, kind of another way that works. So the law firms will often pay market salaries for the people in their first year. But then um, or even sometimes it'll go up the second year, but then they'll, they may increase the salaries very slowly of, of people um, after that. So the best and most profitable associates then, uh, senior associates are often paid a little bit less than they're worth. Um, they have high starting salaries, but you know, they, they, but then they don't you know, pay them uh, a lot of money in the, in the long run, as much money as it would be value, valued at. And then um, one of the things that I've noticed a lot of is that sometimes uh, there are law firms that pay uh, their non-equity partners and counsels less than they would pay a first-year associate, if you can believe it. And uh, and it's just because that's just how it works. It's uh, it's uh, It happens, and I've seen it in some of the 200 largest law firms. Um, and when I tell people this, a lot of times they don't believe me. Uh, but um, you know, it's it's something that I have seen frequently. Again, uh, people uh, don't like it. And then uh, the next thing is raising salaries. I'm almost done, uh, and then we'll take questions. Um, it doesn't really fix anything, and uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, they're um, raised for no reason whatsoever. Uh, this is in 2000. This was kind of the first big salary increase. Everything was uh, people were making about 85,000 starting salary. Then a firm called Gunderson raised salaries, and um, and people uh, that that particular firm did it because uh, people were um, going in house, and uh, and it was there was a dot com boom going on, and uh, and all the venture capital money 
um, was being poured into these companies. And a lot of people were becoming very rich, leaving places like Gunderson and 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 so uh, going to dot-com companies. And so Gunderson raised salaries. Um, it was um, you know a very unique uh, issue that they raised salaries for. It had a problem. Uh, it was in the kind of the epicenter of this whole thing. It was, uh, and, and there was, um, and it had to do something. And, um, you know, but all of a sudden firms, uh, you know, in New York City, Texas, and uh, Los Angeles and other Bay Area firms started raising their salaries uh, once Gunderson did, which kind of was was odd because they didn't have the same problems that Gunderson uh, had. And then um, and then these salary wars just kind of keep happening. And each time it's happened, um, there's been no reason for it, really. I mean, Croat has never suffered from uh, mass defections. It, it raises salaries and things are going well. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of times it's not necessarily inflation driving it. And it doesn't necessarily solve anything. It, it often actually uh, makes things worse. So, um, you know, just in kind of conclusion, you know, if you, and, and again, I, I keep emphasizing this factor, um, but the salaries and your expectations and, and things for a salary are, are, can be uh, very difficult and, and create long-term problems in your career. Um, if you start your career at a smaller law firm uh, that doesn't pay anywhere near the salaries of a large law firm, uh, you're often going to be um, practicing law 10 or 20 years out. Uh, and this is just how it works. Uh, and um, I don't know why it is, but I think that if you join a more supportive environment, many times um, you're likely to be nourished, grow um, and um, at a reasonable pace and pay scale and, um, and not feel uh, as much pressure. And again, there's nothing wrong um, with large law firms paying massive salaries. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when, you know, that when it creates conditions that aren't good for you, um, you know, that's creating problems. And uh, and, and generally, um, you know, attorneys that leave the practice of law leave after having more attorneys leave after having been in large law firms many times than starting out a mid-sized to smaller law firms that, that pay less. Um, and uh, and one of the ways that I think about it is if you if you are at a large law firm or considering starting a large law firm, a lot of what you're doing is you're front-loading a lot of your compensation at the beginning of your career. And by front-loading, I mean, you're going to get a high salary. You're probably going to not, you, you, unless you're good at what you do and you're enthusiastic and you kind of follow the rules about getting very interested in your clients and meeting people and things. If if you do that, uh, you're not front-loading the compensation, but a lot of people do front-load their compensation. Um, so you'll get the most money you ever get um, when you're not ready for it and you haven't earned it, and then you have it all taken away. And uh, and that's um, can be scary. And um, and regardless of uh, where you may have gone to law school, I mean, most attorneys that start out at large law firms uh, do have their compensation often front-loaded um, into their first jobs. Um, and then, you know, people are always interested in salaries for forever. There's always been uh, online message boards and things where uh, people are very concerned about the salaries they're making. Um, law students have always been very interested in salaries that they're going to making, very excited um, and, and can't believe how much money they're going to make. And people become very proud when, when salaries are raised and uh, parents become proud and happy. But um, a lot of times that's, uh, you know, misplaced. Um, you know, the, the owners of the law firms don't like uh, raising salaries. Um, and um, and a lot of times it, it does make them angry. They look at you, they'll look at you differently as a, as a cost center. They, um, they, they'll often uh, you know, have to pass this on and then they'll obviously have passed on the billing to clients, but. Do you want to take back control of your legal career? We have a solution for you. Harrison Barnes, the number one legal recruiter with over 20 years of experience, 
hosts weekly webinars followed by live Q&A sessions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. These webinars are packed with helpful information that you can use to advance your legal career. Best of all, after each webinar, Harrison stays for as long as needed in order to answer every question. You know, they, um, you know, will will often, uh, you know, again, senior associates will often get pushed out and gets less work. And then um, the higher salaries uh, will, you know, create um, kind of an, an issue of inhumane hours and, and things inside of a law firm uh, that, uh, you know, creates the problems of working in a big law to begin with. So um, that's the uh, webinar. Uh, I will uh, take a quick break. And then um, this is a live webinar. So um, any questions that you have, I will uh, be happy to answer. All right. So let me go to questions. Right, just give me one second here. Okay, let me see. Yeah. So anybody um, can uh, that has questions. There's not a lot of questions uh, for some reason, but I, um, but I'm going to answer um, the first one here. How do these trends affect litigation associates? Okay, well, that's a, this is a good question. So one of the things that happens um, during recessions, which is actually nice, is a lot of times the number of lawsuit, lawsuits out there will uh, increase. And so uh, typically um, law firms will switch from uh, relying on corporate-related work to relying more on uh, litigation because litigation tends to pick up when things slow down because people are often suing for things that went, went wrong during a better economy. Um, and, and that sort of thing. So, so that's, that's kind of how it affects litigation associates. So litigation often becomes, uh, more in demand uh, during recessions and law firms will often uh, be doing a lot more hiring of litigators than, uh, than they would, uh, when the economy is good. And when the economy is good, fewer people are suing and upset about bad deals. And then when the economy goes bad, people will remember. Uh, people that owe the money and, and that sort of thing. And so litigation will often increase. Um, what does happen though, I think uh, that when, when salaries increase a lot of times is if uh, there's not a lot of work in large law firms or litigators and more corporate, then they tend to be um, more likely to um, let litigation associates go and, uh, and it can create um, more issues there. there. There's also another thing that's kind of uh, interesting um, with uh, litigators compared to other practice areas. Um, as a as a uh, corporate associate uh, gets more senior, uh, a lot of times um, they they experience like less pushback and pressure to leave than in large law firms than uh, litigators often experience. So litigators. Uh, it becomes a little bit harder many times for um, law firms to pay senior litigation associates or less in demand than senior corporate attorneys. So senior corporate attorneys, if you're a senior corporate attorney with a law firm, um, there's usually things out there for you, much more so than a junior, than a senior uh, litigation associate. Okay, so this question is from a candidate. Often does BCG have applied to opportunities and would love to work with someone at BCG? Um, think some of can for. Yeah. So, um, so typically like, um, and we have, it, it's, it's not like we're in terms of the people that we represent at BCG, we, we do it in, in a bunch of different ways, but most people like, uh, most recruit, recruiters will kind of look at candidates in a couple different ways. Um, most recruiters look at are only interested if you're at a big firm or you, you know, you worked in your big law school and, or you're an attorney with business. That's kind of the traditional model of how, uh, recruiters look at people. 
Uh, but really, um, the way they should be looking at people and the way we look at people is talking about or is more related to what your expertise is and then your pattern of expertise. So anybody, and we'll talk about this next week, and I'm actually pretty excited to do resume uh, re- reviews next week, but a pattern of expertise on your resume is really what makes everyone, um, pattern of expertise makes you marketable. So what that means is, you know, if you're, if you see, if you, whatever you're doing, if you're doing corporate, like your resume should just talk about corporate. It shouldn't talk about if your previous job was litigation or, or whatever. And so the pattern of expertise makes you marketable. So that means, you know, preferably working in a law firm, uh, working in a law firm, and then preferably doing one practice area. So when you do one practice area, um, preferably in, in one practice area. So what that means is if you're corporate, uh, your resume should look all corporate. If you're um, litigation, you should look all litigation. And so the mistake that people make that makes them uh, not marketable, at least to BCG, um, but and this is what we need to look for, is making any making your resume kind of look like you, you do a bunch of different things. Because law firms always want to hire people that are have expertise in something. And so they like it when you do one thing and it doesn't matter what it is. It could be like some of the most marketable attorneys are people like family law attorneys or trust and estate attorneys, or even criminal attorneys, like, because they're doing one thing. And um, a lot of times people that get in trouble, it might be someone that's like an environmental attorney, but also commercial litigator and also does some trademark work. Like then law firms, it, it just doesn't look like you're uh, as committed to one thing when your resume is kind of bouncing all over like that. So law firms want to see um, a, a pattern of expertise. And that's one reason also why a lot of times when people come out of a big law firm, they're doing one thing. And and that's what makes them marketable and that makes them marketable to smaller firms. But most law firms um, want to see people that are that are experts in things. And so um, regardless of the law firm, whether it's a small law firm or a large law firm, when you're an expert, you get more interviews. And so if I was a, uh, if you're a corporate attorney, um, I would say, um, you know, and if I was looking at your resume, if I saw uh, something that everything was about corporate, uh, then I would be excited because that's what uh, law firms want. It doesn't matter where you went to law school. It doesn't matter how big your firm is. It just matters um, if you have that focus. And that's really, um, in my opinion, uh, one of the most important things about being able uh, to get positions is to have a, a focused resume. And it's something I would, I would, I, I could talk about it all day. I, I will talk about it all day next week when we do this. And I hope you give your, give us your resume, but, you know, but having that focus is, makes you marketable. As long as someone has focus on their resume, always work with them. And um, because there's always jobs for people to focus um, and typically in, in a law firm as well. If you've been working in-house and have run into the associate salary so high that you don't want to deal with associates because you just go to law firms for very specific questions, companies can no longer afford the general work. Well, in my next position, I will not use a big firm. The prices have increased and the quality is severely decreased. Interesting. Do you see this happening as well? Are law firms doing anything about it? This is great. Um, I very much appreciate um, this question. This is a very good question. Um, so uh, if anybody has qu- more questions, I would appreciate them. These are, um, I always love questions. Um, so the problem with um, associates, especially at a lot of large law firms, is um, that they're under a lot of pressure to to bill hours. And so once you give them something, uh, a lot of times they will uh, run with it uh, and because they want to bill hours. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. 
and one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. The other thing um, a lot of times is, uh, you know, the, the law firms will use the relationships to encourage you to, to have them do work. And, and so you, you do have to be very careful as well. You know, it was funny. I'll just tell you a quick story. I was talking to a, a guy that owns a, a pretty good sized company and um, he was um, using, uh, he hired an in-house uh, franchising attorney with to work for him. And um, and when he hired the in-house franchising attorney, he had to pay the in-house franchising attorney, I think like uh, $300,000 a year. And then he also, his bills to from the law firm uh, increased as well because the franchising attorney uh, was giving um, more work and found out other things needed to be done to give to, to the law firm that they came from. So, um, so a lot of times, uh, you know, in-house uh, people run into that as well when they, when they hire uh, associates. Now, in talking about the quality decreasing, I don't know why that would happen. I sense um, that a lot of it is about a lot of law firms not requiring people to go into the office. A lot a lot fewer um, face-to-face interactions and things. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't uh, aware um, about uh, the quality decreasing, and it may just be at certain firms. But um, I, I think anytime the the market gets uh, overheated and there's a lot of people uh, there's coming into the market and the law firms need people, I think the quality um, of the work can definitely you know decrease uh, to a great extent. Okay, well, it doesn't look like I have a lot more questions. Um, usually, there's a lot more uh, questions, you know, in, in this. Um, uh, in terms of next week, um, I will send around something for uh, emails and things, so you guys can, uh, and girls can, uh, present your resumes. I, I do feel like it's uh, very helpful to do uh, the resume uh, reviews, and I do them once per quarter. Um, and what I would talk, and what I do talk about when I look at resumes is always um, trying to have a, um, really show. A, a good pattern of expertise and making sure that you look consistent in terms of what you're doing um, is really, I think, um, probably um, the biggest thing. Oh, here's another question. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And anybody has questions, I will answer them. If anyone, um, here's another question. Building on my last question, my prior firm, I would push back on certain items on invoices from law firms where a mid-level associate was completing low-risk due diligence work that a junior associate could do and vice versa from a quality perspective. Yeah. So, so I mean, what happens a lot of times is um, uh, most law firms, by the way, when you push back on their invoices, uh, a lot of them will bargain with you. Um, I would say most law firms will bargain with you and, and, and reduce the rates if um, uh, if you're pushing back. Uh, but you shouldn't feel like you need to do that. So if you feel like you need to do that, um, a lot of times you may be better um, with another firm. Uh, one of the things I would tell you just as someone who's working, you know, working in-house is that a lot of times um, w- what happens is law firms market themselves 
as being cheaper and or having better expertise that saves you money. And uh, that's really a lot of times how law firms come onto the scene and get popular is by having some sort of way that they market themselves or things that they say about themselves that are going to, that makes them look cheaper. But in reality, it's, it's kind of most of the time is all the same thing. They're all the same type of firm. And um, I mean, they, they all kind of build a certain way. Um, someone asked, um, do you have or seen any uh, changes to the upcoming law firm service structure? I, I don't, I don't see anything really changing. I think that, um, that to the extent that, you know, the, the law firm clients are able to uh, force changes on the market, but I, I don't really see anything changing. I think it's it's always going to kind of work the, the way it does. Um, one of the things that, that is interesting is uh, there are certain practice areas like uh, patent prosecution or, or trademark or, or some other things that, that are very difficult for uh, large law firms to um, because of the commodity nature of the billing structure um, that are very difficult for uh, law firms to to make money from. So if it, for example, filing a trademark at a uh, you know, may cost a few thousand dollars, uh, but if a law firm has to bill by the hour, um, that will charge more than that would cost. Um, a lot of people in the market will uh, do things like uh, patents at a fixed fee. Um, sometimes uh, law firms will go on retainer as outside employment counsel. And so things that large law firms can't do, uh, people uh, will, uh, other people will step in and do it a different way. Um, the, the, in terms of the way the service structure works though, I mean, lot, the best lawyers are, are always going to be in demand. And so, um, and we'll be able to charge high billing rates and so forth, you know, kind of the way they've always been doing. Okay. Well, um, thank you for all the questions. Uh, next week should be a lot more interesting than this. Um, I wasn't too excited to do this webinar today. Um, I had a lot of people ask for it. I'm assuming it was firms, uh, but so I did it. Uh, but um, I, I do like doing much more um, exciting type webinars. And I, I am excited for next week, which will be uh, the webinar about uh, where we'll review um, uh, resumes. So anybody that's on watching today, I mean, I'd love to review your resume for you. We'll remove your name. Uh, we'll change your uh, current employer. And so you won't, no one will know um, who you are. And we will, we've always modify um, the resumes beforehand. And it's something I do once a quarter um, and I, I love doing it. So um, I'm excited for that next week and um, certainly appreciate everyone uh, being on this today. Uh, thank you. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.